Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcast. Hey there, world changers, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest is a professionally trained voiceover artist, broadcaster, actor that's based in North Lincolnshire. So talk about somebody who would really like to use her voice, but she didn't always start out that way. Her first career was actually in archaeology of all things. And I was actually going to write up how she went from archaeology to voiceover. But you know what? I'm going to let her share that story with us because, quite frankly, I just like the sound of her voice. So using her talent, <laughs> she started the Small Business Big Network podcast where she helps small business get better results through the power of networking. Please welcome to the show, Liz Drury. Liz, how are you? Thanks for having me. Excellent. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, your business? Sure. So I'm a freelance voiceover artist. I work from a broadcast quality home studio for clients all over the world. And that's the beauty of the way the internet is these days. It really doesn't matter where you're based. And I can be working for a client in the UK one minute and a client in the US the next minute. And I don't even have to leave my house. And I work across a number of different voiceover genres. So I record narration for people's videos that are going to be used on their website or their social media to explain their products and services. I narrate a lot of e-learning courses for online training, radio and TV commercials, audio tours for museums, announcements for events, all kinds of things that require a recorded voice. I just, I, I love how polished it sounds. It's really great. So what I would like to do is understanding your backstory a little bit. Why don't you share with us, how did you make that journey from archaeologist to voiceover expert? Well, it all revolves around prehistoric chewing gum, believe it or not. So um, as a PhD student, <laughs> I was researching things like tars and resins that were used as waterproofing agents and, and glues during the Stone Age period. And these lumps of tar with human tooth impressions had been found in um, waterlogged sites in Scandinavia. And people had half jokingly referred to them as prehistoric chewing gums. And nobody really knew what these were. And so part of my research involved finding out what they were made, which was a tar that had been produced by heating birch bark. And I wrote an article about prehistoric chewing gum for a magazine called British Archaeology. And I explored what the uses of them could be. Maybe people were chewing them to soften it before they used it as a glue. Maybe they were chewing it to clean their teeth. Maybe they were getting high on it. All these reasons. And I can only imagine that it must have been a slow news week when, when this article came out because the press got hold of this story and it ran for about a fortnight. And wow. I was interviewed on lots of national radio stations. I was on the front cover of nearly all the major newspapers in the UK. It was ridiculous. And as part of that, I got to know the people in the university PR department quite well. They had a little recording studio that had um, what's called an ISDN line, which allowed us to link to the radio stations. So it sounded like I was in the, the station with the interviewer. And I remember sitting in front of this microphone, waiting for one of these sessions to start, thinking, 
I'm really enjoying this. And so I think that's where the seed was planted, really, to, to get into speaking into a microphone for a living. But it was a while before I came back to it. I left, left university, got married. I got a job at a local cable TV station and I did a bit of voiceover work there as part of my job, but I'd never had any training in it at this point. Left to have my kids. My is about to turn 20, so that's how long ago it was. And um, I thought I, well, I was going to go back to my job, but the, the company got sold and so there was no job to go back to. So I thought, well, that was the end of my career in voiceover or media or any of that kind of stuff. I ended up doing a completely different job at, at a college. And then at the end of 2011, my husband, who is in the chemical industry, was asked to go and work in the States for a couple of years. So we moved out to near Baltimore and he was going to work every day and the kids were going to school. And so I was at a bit of a loose end. And that's what gave me the opportunity to, to train because I wasn't working while we were in the States. So I trained in voiceover with a company called Edge Studio who are based in New York, but had a satellite studio in Washington, D.C., which is about 40 minutes from where we lived. And they train voiceover artists and help them make their first showreels. And so I trained with them for about six months, made my showreels, got my work permit, set up my business in the States. And that's where I really got started. And when we moved back here in 2014, I brought a whole new business back home with me. Nice, because like you said, it's something that you can do from anywhere, thanks to the, thanks to the advent of the internet. Yeah, exactly. So the clients, the first clients that I had when I was living in the States, some of them I still work for now. Oh my goodness. That's absolutely awesome. So let's dive in a little bit there. And because I know that we've been talking a lot about voiceover. So first off, I, the first question I got for you is, is why did you decide to get into podcasting? And second off, why did you decide to make your podcasting about network? Yeah. So People have been saying to me for a while, oh, you should start a podcast. You know, you're a voiceover artist. You've got all the equipment. You've got a nice voice. You, you should have a podcast. But I didn't really know what my podcast should be about. And I sat on the idea for a while. And then when the pandemic happened and the lockdown happened and I had a bit more time to think because my work had slowed down. I, I, I did a like a five day challenge. People run these things on Facebook, don't they, to, to get you started in your podcast. And this was following a lady called Anna Parker Naples, who's uh, quite well known for podcasting in the UK. And I did Anna's challenge. And by the end of that, I thought maybe something about networking. And the reason that I came up with that particular topic was that within the voiceover community, I'm quite well known as being a networker. And I've often been asked to speak at um, voiceover conferences or for voiceover webinars about networking and how to do it successfully. And I thought, since I'm already known in my own industry for that, why don't I make my podcast about networking? It's something I enjoy doing. I know a lot of the other people that do networking who could be my guests. That seems like the perfect fit for me. And so that's why I decided to make my podcast about networking. So it's not a sales tool for my business as such, but it is another place where people can find me and it's another place where people can hear my voice. You know, and I think that's helpful. I, I really do want to go back here and, and take a step because usually if you're going to start a podcast, it's normally around like your central core business, right? Just doing voiceover. Mm. You decided to take a, a slightly different tact in that I'm going to do a podcast that's going to you know, help my clients and potentially help other clients to be able to grow their business. 
through the power of, of networking. So the thing I want to unpack a little bit more is what was your thinking really like behind the scenes going on with saying, you know what, this is the better approach rather than just talk about voiceover. Partly because uh, there are quite a few voiceover podcasts out there already. And I know some of the people that are behind them and they're doing what they do so well. And I didn't really think that I had anything extra I could add that wasn't already being talked about. So that's why I decided to to, to steer clear of, of it being a, a podcast about voiceover artists. And as I say, I do do a lot of networking and I felt that having this podcast was a way that I could give something back to not just my clients, but people that I meet through networking, give people a platform where they can talk about their own business, because I do allow people to, to do, but then talk about the networking and how they're using networking to grow their business, which is helpful for other small businesses who are thinking, oh, I know I need to network, but I don't know how to do it or where to do it or what's the best way to do it. They can find all that information by listening to to some of my guests on my podcast. So I just feel that it's an it's a way for me to be helpful and to use the equipment that I've got, the voice that I've got, to give a voice to other small businesses. And people love to talk about their own businesses, of course. They they can use the recording that they've got from my podcast. They can you know, they can uh, link to that through their social media or through their website. And you know, that, that piece of content has quite a long um, shelf life for them. They can point clients towards it and say, oh, well, listen to what I said on this podcast. And as I said before, it, it's just another place that people can find me and hear what I sound like. Oh, that's absolutely great. And the sheer fact that you're using it as a platform to be able to help out small businesses get their message out to the world uh, I, I think it's just absolutely brilliant. And, and one of the things that I would like to talk about is, because I know we're talking about podcasting in general and, and what it is that, it, it's, that you're using it for. So how has, you know, what's the impact that podcasting has had on your business? Well, I think more people have found me. And what I tend to do is my, my podcast, new episodes go live every Monday. And so every Monday I will post on LinkedIn and on Facebook and say, this is who you can hear this week and I will tag my guest in and you know, usually the, the guest will go on there and make a comment or they might share that. And I'm just getting my face, my brand is being shared more widely. And I don't know that it's led to more work for me. It takes a bit of work to, to get the podcast out, as, as you know. Um, but I think, it, I think it's worth it. It's, it's just brand building. It's building people's confidence in your abilities and just a way to showcase what, what you can do. And I think if you can help other people while you're doing what you do, then so much the better. Nice. Absolutely love it. What was one of the biggest struggles that you had when you got into podcasting? I think just... Oh, well, lots of things to start with. The, the equipment wasn't a problem for me and the editing wasn't a problem for me. I do that all day, every day in, in my business. But knowing how to get the podcast out there, that seems just like really difficult to me to start with. And actually it isn't. But yeah, there seem to be a lot of decisions to make about where to host it and how often it should go out and how long it should be. And as I say, the, the person who I first followed, Anna Parker Naples, she had a lot of really sage advice and really sensible sensible advice for people starting out. And I talked to other people who would who were sort of slightly ahead of me in the podcasting journey and found out what they were doing. And I actually use a platform called Captivate, which I find really simple to use. I post to Captivate, Captivate posts it everywhere and I don't have to do anything else. And I, there was me at the start thinking, I've got to post it to Google. I've got to post it to Spotify. I've got to post it to X, Y, and Z. And 
and you don't have to do that. Someone else does that for you. Yeah. And I love that the thing is you're talking about, and this, this was something that I really struggled with when I started my first podcast, like way back in the day is the fact that the, a lot of the podcast gurus that I was listening to, I start my first podcast roughly back in, in, in 2018. And a lot of the videos that were out there were six, seven years old. So I'm really watching this antiquated mm -hmm. technology, literally, you know, to use archaeologists parlance, it was like sticks and stones, right? To <laughs> kind of hobble, hobble it together and smoke yeah. signals to try to get the podcast out into the world. But there is a lot of technology and podcasting has come like a really yeah. long ways. And like you were talking about for Captivate, and I know Anchor is another really great platform for mm -hmm. uh, making podcasting super simple. It's more, more along the lines of making sure that you can produce the content rather than worry about the technology. And that's one of the great things about platforms mm -hmm. like Captivate, right? You can just focus on creating the content. It takes care of all the distribution yes. for you. Yeah. Yeah. It make, makes it super simple. And I think something else that I was wondering about to start with was what platform I was going to use to interview people. I mean, Zoom is pretty easy to use, but the quality of the audio isn't that great. That's right. Um, I mean, we're speaking to each other through through Zencaster, and I use one called CleanFeed, which is very similar to this. And so, sometimes my guests are a bit nervous about it and say, oh, well, we, won't we be able to see each other? And I say, no, it'll be absolutely fine. It's a bit like having a phone call, you know? You can't normally see people on a phone call. <laughs> and uh, once you've got that, that through to them, they kind of settle down a bit. Okay, it, it'll be all right. And everybody says afterwards, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think that when, for, for so, cause I know with podcasts, when I talk to people about it and I always recommend a blend of solo or interviews, you, you do have to keep that kind of thing in mind. For instance, is your podcast, cause a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do video, but all of a sudden finding guests mm -hmm. that are okay with video can be a little bit more of a challenge. Most people will actually turn it down. And like I said, when I first got into podcasting, pe people would show up and be scared that I was going to have a video camera and stick the interview on YouTube. And I'm like, no, it's just, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. audio only. So keeping those little things in mind when you're interviewing guests, is this going to be video or audio? And a lot of times you actually have to state it. This is going to be audio only, right? So you're making yes. it very clear for people. Cause like you said, you want your guests to feel relaxed when they're on the show. Cause you, you want them to focus more on sharing their wisdom and sharing their story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I say to my guest, look, I'm going to do minimal editing on this because, quite frankly, I don't have the time. So I will say to them, I'm just going to leave this very much as a natural conversation. And I like the listeners to think that they're, they're eavesdropping on our conversation. And so I will literally just top and tail it with an intro and an outro. And it goes out like that, unless some things happen like the postman has come to the door or the dog started barking really loudly. Though quite often I leave him in, to be honest, you know, or, or my son has suddenly opened the studio door and made a big day. <laughs> yes, quite. It's related <laughs> so to yeah, I, I will cut those bits, bits out. Yeah. Just to let the <laughs> listeners know that earlier in this recording, I had myself muted and I was talking to, <laughs> I was talking to Liz and she couldn't hear anything I was saying. Uh, I just kind of had to, uh, just kind of had to throw that out. So let's go back and unpack that a little bit, right? What you just shared there. Cause I think that's mm. really, really powerful. And I talk to people who will literally spend hours upon hours editing a podcast episode. Yeah. You just put it out there. And, and I know why people are editing because they're on this quest for perfection. How did you overcome that? Yeah. Do you know, I think just the fact that I really don't have time <laughs> to be editing. Nice 
anything more than I need to. As, as a voiceover artist, you're pretty much expected to edit your own work 99% of the time because clients want finished audio that's ready to go. So I spend my life editing. I don't want to have to do any more for the podcast. And I was talking to somebody around the time I was starting my podcast and he was thinking of starting one as well. And he is a perfectionist. And, you know, he doesn't like the audio to go out unless it's top quality. And do you know what? When you're interviewing somebody who isn't a voiceover artist, they haven't got the quality microphone that I've got. They haven't got the same soundproof environment that I've got. It's not going to sound as good as my audio. I'm quite happy to live with that. And I think... You know, I think the pandemic has helped with that a bit because we're so used now to doing Zoom calls online where somebody's cat walks across the screen or their kid comes in or something like that. And we're just a bit more used to it now. We're we're more accepting and more forgiving of people working from a home environment. And, you know, there's going to be some background noise. You know, it's not going to be perfect. And people are like, do you know what? that's okay. As long as the content's good and what the person's saying is interesting, I think people can live with a bit of background noise. Yeah. You bring up a really good point in the fact that first off, just getting your message out there is the most important thing. And it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be perfect because people are understanding that you are not, you're not a professional interviewer. Like you are not like, you know, a Larry King or Oprah Winfrey or somebody else like that. But also to keep in mind that having that same level of expectation for your guest, you know, first off, it's not going to be achieved because like you said, these people aren't professional voiceover artists. They're going to be, they could be potentially your local mom and pop business right down the street or their, their business like yours. And the the owner isn't used to just talking about his, his particular business or her particular business. You know, with that being said, I keeping those things in mind. It's more about getting the message out, getting the story out and sharing it with your audience versus about the perfectionism. Because really, at the end of the day, the only person uh, who's really going to notice these little mistakes is going to be you. Yeah. Yeah. And also people aren't often listening in the best environment either. You know, they might be sitting on a train while they're commuting and there's background noise around them. Yes. Um, Even if you've got the best quality audio the listener probably wouldn't notice at the end of the day. And talking about background noise, I'm hoping you can't hear it. My son is practicing his tuba right now. <laughs> I cannot hear it, so we're good to go. <laughs> Excellent. And so why don't you share with us some, some of the successes that you've had with podcasting? Well, I've only been doing it for a year, so I still feel that I'm quite new to it really, but I have had some really great conversations with people. And you know, and found out surprising things about them during the course of the interview. There was one guy that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. His episode hasn't gone live yet. And, you know, I've known him for a while. We we belong to um the same networking group, which is I've not met him in person, it's it's on Zoom. And he is a, a financial advisor. And we were having a, a chat about how he first got into networking, and he shared that he'd been living in the United Arab Emirates and had been sent along to his very first networking meeting by his employer. It was at a seven-star hotel, and he said it was just incredible. There were um, vending machines there where you could buy gold. And I thought, well, that's like no networking experience I've ever had. (laughs) But what a great story that was for the the podcast. And there have been a few things like that. I think so a bit surprising. I was talking to another guy a couple of months ago, and he's a marketeer. 
And he was involved in the Share a Coke campaign where certainly in the UK, I don't know if it happened in the US as well, yes, Coke bottles appeared with people's names on. Yeah. And so he was involved in personalising in Coke bottles. And his latest venture is to do with the next um, flight to the moon that there's going to be. And he's selling advertising space on the rocket or something. <laughs> I called that ap- episode something like marketing on the moon. And <laughs> so you get to learn all sorts of things. That's the best thing about it. Yeah, it really is. And and there's something to be said about, and I've said this you know, so many times, podcasting in and of itself is just a very powerful relationship building tool, right? A networking tool. So it's great because like you were talking about there, when you do start up a podcast and you start inviting people to be on that, that podcast to interview them, it really goes, you know, not only for your own educational edification, but also building out your network and meeting really fascinating, interesting people and hearing their stories. Yeah. And you know, what I find is that once people have been a guest on the podcast, they will suggest other people. That's happened just today. In fact, a lady that I interviewed yesterday, she said, oh, do you know such and such a person? And and actually, I do know this person, but I've not been in touch with him for a while. And I said, oh, yeah, please reach out to him and, and tell him that you enjoy being on the podcast. So now he's going to be my one of my future podcast guests. And that, that, that happens. People spread the word. Yeah, they definitely do. And one thing I, w- I would like to do is because you've you've got experience with the voiceover and you did training with that. And like you said, you had all the equipment and everything else like that. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that I know out there that will invest a ton of money in equipment and everything else like that. They go to create the podcast and they struggle. So what would be mm. like what would be like a piece of advice that you would give to the entrepreneur out there, either starting a podcast or who maybe even is is struggling with the podcast. Yeah, I th- I think you don't have to go all out and spend lots of money on equipment to start with. You want to have something that that re- records a, a reasonable sound, but you don't have to spend a lot of money because you just want to dip your toe in the water to start with. And if you find it's something you really enjoy, then then by all means think about upgrading your equipment. But it can be as simple as a, a USB microphone that plugs it into your laptop. You can use Audacity, which is free recording and editing software. So that's not going to cost you anything. And just find a quiet place in your house to do it. Don't don't do it in the kitchen or the bathroom where there's lots of hard surfaces because you've got lots of Amen. nasty echoes in a bedroom or a living room where there's lots of carpets and curtains or drapes, as you you guys say. And just try and what you can do is build what's known in the industry as a pillow fort. So you you build pillows and cushions around your microphone and then kind of speak into your little cave that you've created. And uh, that's going to stop all those nasty echoes. So that's not really going to cost you very much money at all, just while you're trying it. And I'm glad that you say that because one of the things with belonging to the different podcasting groups, and I see people that will go out and they will spend two to $3,000 on all this. They don't even have a podcast yet, but they will go out and spend two to $3,000 yeah. on this high-end microphone and a mixer board and all this other stuff. And so then when I ask them, why are you buying all this equipment? They're like, oh, well, there's somebody on YouTube who said that I, for me to be a professional mm-hmm. you know, podcaster, that I should have all this equipment. The first thing is I, I got to delineate the difference, right? There is a difference between an entrepreneur with a podcast versus a podcast, right? There's a big difference between the mm-hmm. two. Yeah. The, the second thing is, is that these people yeah. that you see on YouTube that are saying, hey, you need to buy this $3,000 worth of equipment. 99.9% of the time, there's affiliate links where these guys are actually making money yes. when you buy this expensive yep. equipment. 
And the third thing is, and, and I, I'm sure you've heard horror stories about this too, is the person sits down, they produce 10, 15 episodes, and then they go into pod fade. And then a couple months later, probably their spouse got angry with them for spending three grand out of a bunch of equipment they're not even <laughs> using. And so now they're selling it for like a third of the price, right? Because you can't sell it brand new because yeah. you've opened the box, you have yep. used it. So yep. I'm, I'm loving the simple approach to just getting into podcasting that you outlined. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, it's point, pointless to spend thousands of dollars until you know it's something that you that you really enjoy doing. I mean, you might start the podcast and think, oh my goodness, this is taking so much of my time and I really don't have time for it. And and then stop. And like you say, you're then left with this equipment that you've spent a lot of money on that you've just got to sell. It is. And when you're talking about making the pillow for it, I, I, I had to crack up because just a couple of weeks ago, um, I was, <laughs> I was, consulting with a lady who wants to do uh, an audio book. I told mm -hmm. her, I said, one of the best things you can do is record it in your closet. Leave some clothes hanging in there because that's yep. going to help, you know, dampen yep. the sound. And I asked her, I said, do you have a USB mic? She said, yep. And I said, cool, just use GarageBand and start recording. And of course, then she came down with COVID. So she's not recording now. Um, no. But it's, it's amazing how you can turn you know, any space that you need to into someplace quiet. I've even recommended for people like I, I've had a mother with kids, right? She's like, Cliff, there's nowhere quiet in my house. And I told her, I said, then go out for a drive, go find a nice park somewhere. Cause your, yeah. your car is going to be soundproof and then just record to your phone, you know, use, yep. you know, use some AirPods or whatever it is to give yourself a decent mic and just record. But with just a little bit of imagination, you can, you can produce a really decent sounding podcast without spending thousands of dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when, when we lived in the States and I was starting my voiceover career, I, I used the closet. That was my first recording space. We don't tend to have walk-in closets here as much as you do in the States. So I had to invest in a proper studio when I came home. Right. But yeah, as, as starting off, it worked perfectly. Nice. Absolutely love it. Uh, Liz, so if somebody is listening to this and uh, they want to you know, follow you online, they want to listen to you know, your podcast and getting better with the networking, or maybe even want to talk to you about some voiceover service, what would be the best way for mm -hmm. them to find you? Okay. So my podcast is called Small Business, Big Network, and you can find that on all the pod podcast platforms. For voiceover, the best place to go is my website, which is lizdrury.com. And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So people are welcome to connect with me on there as well. Excellent. And for our audience, we will have all those links in the show notes down below. Liz, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now, within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.